Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 331. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice. And I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for the new monthly Slow Flowers Journal section, which you can find in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at debraprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 331. And before we jump into this week's great conversation with Jamie Rhoda of Harvest Home Flowers, I want to announce the winners of our year-end giveaway. Tina Sautel of Pinewoods Yankee Farm in Lee, New Hampshire, and Art Flower and Gift Shop in Rockville Center, New York, will each receive a 2018 Flowers on Your Head calendar featuring Mud Baron's engaging portraits. Congratulations. Those are being in the mail to you soon. With the new year upon us, I'm sensing that we're all taking a huge collective breath of fresh air as we turn toward the upcoming floral season and devote our energies to creating the best year ever in our floral businesses. In many regions across the country, flower farmers and florists are gathering to listen and learn, dream and collaborate, network and connect. I'm excited to learn how your events are coming together. And if you have something on the calendar, please get in touch so we can share the details with listeners of the Slow Flowers podcast. In just 10 days time, folks in the central portion of the U.S. will gather at the third annual networking event hosted by the Midwest Farmer Florist Collaborative. The day is filled with some inspiring and knowledgeable speakers, which ensures a great turnout. I wish I could be there in person. The instigator of this gathering is today's guest, Jamie Rhoda of Harvest Home Farm, based in Waverly, Nebraska. Jamie and her husband, Norman, have farmed since 1994, and today their family-owned flower farm produces a wide variety of naturally grown, specialty-cut flowers for local florists, designers, and DIY brides. Harvest Home is located between the major cities of Lincoln and Omaha. Jamie is also the new North and Central Regional Director for the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. So she's a great resource for members in a pretty large geographic area with so much potential for floral agriculture. The upcoming one-day workshop is open to anyone interested in learning more about flower farming and floral design and how those two professions intersect at a really special point for many of us. We're going to discuss the program schedule, but I'll also share all the details on today's show notes, along with photos of Harvest Home and its fields, flowers, and family. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so delighted today to have Jamie Rhoda of Harvest Home Flowers on the line. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. You're going to be uh, kicking off my new year with uh, a report, uh, kind of an update on what's happening in your region. You're based, where are you based? Well, we are, uh, Waverly, Nebraska is our address, but we're between Lincoln and Omaha, the two largest population centers in Nebraska. So we have a great location here. Oh, great. And I want to talk specifically about Harvest Home Flowers uh, before we end this episode, but the the timeliness uh, of scheduling this interview was to talk about the, I guess, the technically the third annual Midwest Farmer Florist uh, gathering that's happening later this month. Um, you're calling it the Midwest Farmer Florist Collaborative Workshop. Has that always been the yeah. name of this group? Well, you know, when we first started, and this will be our third year, so we started in 2016, um, 
we were just a little group of us. I think there were 11 of us. We just got together around a table and just discussed some things, what we'd like to see happen and how we could work together. And it was, you know, some farmers and some florists and designers. And um, I think it kind of really got started from some designers really wanting to be able to buy more local flowers. And so they were kind of like, you know, how can we connect? And then last year, um, we put the name on it, and we got a Facebook page. The Facebook page is Midwest Farmer Florist Collaborative. Mm-hmm. I know that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. And it is a private page, but if you request to join that, then you know, right. all the information's on there. Right. So. In fact, I'm, it's kind of coming back to me. Was, was Honeysuckle Hollow the first time this gathering took place two years ago? Yes, that's okay. where we were. Yeah, in Sioux City, Iowa. Yeah. yeah, and I remember Mercedes had reached out to me, and I sent some slow flowers material or something, yes. and yes. I even gave her the names of some people to invite. But it was, it was, re- wow! How cool is that? That something is florist driven from a farmer's point of view. You must have yeah, loved it, that. I think, I think the original idea can really go back to Mercedes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe she she contacted me and said, "What can we do?" Because she is just um, all about using local product. You know, mm-hmm. she just is really committed to do that. And so she's, and living here, unfortunately, there's not, you know, there's not a huge selection of that because there just aren't a lot of us flower farmers in this area. So, so that's kind of how this all got started. That's so neat. So it, would you be supplying Sioux City, Iowa, or is that too far from Waverly? Well, I don't do a regular route out there, mm-hmm. although Mercedes would be terribly delighted if I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do sell to her some. We generally meet in Omaha is oh how my we goodness. do it. Oh, um, Mercedes is not a storefront. She doesn't do, you know, daily mm-hmm. stuff. She's more an event event designer. And so it just kind of depends on what she has going. But um, I do run a regular route into Omaha. And so, and she sometimes comes down there to pick up flowers if she's had to ship flowers in. I and see. And so we, we meet up there sometimes. It's like creative people find a solution, right? They do. And like I say, she's very committed. She will do about anything she has to do to get some local, local fresh flowers. So obviously this struck a chord with you when you attended that first event because you kind of took over with a small group planning last year. And then this year's uh, program it looks very ambitious. So talk about the evolution and also sort of what's happening in the region because it seems like there's a little bit of momentum going on. Well, like I said, it's just, you know... Um, I just really like to see local designers using fresh flowers. And so we're just really trying to make that connection because there are so few of us. It takes a little more effort, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. Um, to make that connection between the designers and the, and the farmers. Um, it takes a little more commitment, I think, than if you're someplace where, you know, there's 10 farmers within driving distance mm-hmm. of you or something. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. a lot more commitment on um, the designer's part to do this. But, yeah, we just, um, last year we got together and there were, I think, about 30 of us. Then last year we met in Omaha um, at Bloom's and a floral shop there. And we decided that that was, you know, 30 of us in a little shop was probably about maxed out <laughs> what we could do there. So we have a larger venue this year. Um, Last year we had a, a good turnout. I would say we were heavy on the farmer side. And, you know, there's a lot of um, what I would say new and aspiring farmers mm-hmm. for this area. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when we say Midwest, we're using that term fairly loosely. Yeah, describe um, roughly what that is regionally. Well, we're trying not to put any boundaries on it, and I'm not <laughs> sure I can really tell you. Cause, you know, I've had people contact me about it from you know, Michigan and Minnesota and Oklahoma and, you know, a lot, Colorado, we've mm. had a couple of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, and so I said, I'm not limiting it mm-hmm. to any area. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people on our Facebook page from all over, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, I guess it's what people are comfortable with. And, and obviously our original meeting, you know, and we were just trying to connect those of us, you know, that could deliver to a florist locally, you know, obviously a farmer in Colorado is not going to deliver to a florist in eastern Nebraska. But I, I just think that collaboration between people in the area. And, and I think the workshop we're doing this year, I think there's stuff in there that um, even if you're not going to meet a local floral designer that you'll sell to, there's still a lot of um, valuable information that will be shared that oh. I think anybody could get, you know, 
could oh. learn something from. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I was just, we were talking earlier before we turned on the the show to record, and you told me that you're going, you're the incoming um, regional uh, officer for ASCFG in the north and central region. So yeah. that kind of defines some of the states that you're you're expecting yes. to participate, right? Yes. And that, you know, I think pretty much everybody who's contacted me is probably in, although I don't, I guess Colorado is not actually in my region. That must fall in a more western one. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how it's divided. I don't have a map in front of me. Yeah. Um, well, this, this I'm looking at the, maybe a, re, a former, a couple months ago, a couple quarterly issues ago of Cutflower Quarterly. Uh-huh. It says Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. That's a yeah. lot of territory for you that's to cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a good size one. I, I noticed when I looked at this, most of the regions are about seven states, I think, but um, it appears that two of them have gotten put together for the North <laughs> Central, and then the the West and Northwest. Right. Is, right. Um, <laughs> But there, there's isn't as big either. I don't know. You know. Well, <laughs> I think like I've got twice as much work for me here. <laughs> well, like you said, there's a lot of aspiring flower farmers, and so you're really providing a service just by even, t- you know, having a few veterans who've already been down this path that are within a few states, you know, of maybe these attendees mm-hmm. to, to model for. And I, I guess one of the issues that might might be common for everybody is just the limited growing season, right? Yes. Yes. Well, and I think that's why, um, you know, a lot of these more regional little groups meeting up and stuff is so valuable because, you know, we're we're so area specific in our weather. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a zone five, somebody out east in a zone five could be totally different, mm-hmm. you know, sort mm-hmm. of growing conditions. And, and I think it's just nice to have um, somebody nearby that you can, I've, I've always been, you know, really interested in mentoring people. I was actually a part of the um, ASCFG's first mentoring oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. thing that they started. Yep. I was a mentor for that. And I'd kind of already been informally mentoring some people because I just really want to promote more local growers. That's you know, cool. I, I just, some people say, well, aren't you just creating your competition? And I, you know, I'm, I'm really not concerned about that at all. Right. Um, right. I just think the more of us that there are, that there will be more demand I, for local flowers. I love that attitude. I couldn't because agree I, more. I feel like I've got so many florists interested in buying local flowers that I cannot supply them all sufficiently. And mm. there's many more out there that I have had no contact with yet. Mm. And so, and I, I think if florists and designers can't find a local grower and get that local product, that then their interest is going to, you know, they're going to be just like, well, it's not there, so right. I'm not even going to try. So I'm always all about trying to get more growers to jump on board right. with me. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. I love that attitude. Um, well, I think your program looks really compelling, and I can see why it's has, I mean, yeah, there's an underlying thread of what's happening in this region, but anyone would want to attend this because of the the programs and the specific presentations you have planned. So you want to just, can we just talk a little bit about who you have sure. speaking? And this is an, a sure. full day on a Saturday, Saturday, uh-huh. Saturday January 20th. And it, where is it in Omaha? Is it like in a, a, like a community center or? No, it's actually at someone's um, personal, I'm not sure if I should call it a farm. I didn't talk to Sheila at the time. (laughs) Uh, Sheila Fitzgerald, who used to own Blooms in Omaha, where we met last year. Oh, okay. It's actually at her home. Um, She has a little acreage on the north side of Omaha. Actually, it's not that little. Um, And she has a wonderful um, uh, little barn venue area that we're going to be able to use. Oh, wonderful. um, I know she used it for a couple of weddings this last summer. And so she's got a really nice setup oh, for cool. it there. Oh, cool. And, and we'll have a lot more space than what we had in a shop last mm-hmm. year. But it'll be kind of like, so, a, like a lecture setup, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, you know, we've crammed a lot into this day. You have. I have a I'm lot impressed. of ideas. And as I started laying out the time frame, I'm like, wow, maybe, you know, <laughs> we might have tried to cram a little too much in. But, um, you know, we're going to try to get try to get through it all and... Um, I think, you know, and I was trying specifically not, there's, there's another little conference going on in St. Joe, the, the Saturday before ours, mm. um, there's a flower track on Saturday of that, uh, the Great Plains Growers Conference, but I think we did pretty good about covering different things. There's looks like it's going to get a little more into some of the nitty gritties, 
um, seed starting, um, variety selection, and uh, Jane oh. McEwen from Bright Flower Farm is, is going to be speaking at that one oh, on neat. that Saturday. Oh, I'll try and to... So I think they really kind of complement each other. Oh, good. I'll try to get you know. the, a link to that event and share it in our show okay. notes, too. Sure. Um, so is that more like a, a extension service or... Um, you know, I'm... Oh, I'll look it I'm up. not sure exactly who puts it on. It's a conference that has been around forever. When we were 20 years ago, uh, vegetable farmers, we would go to it. Um, it's actually three days because they have a Thursday ahead of time where they offer some things on honeybees and high tunnel mm. growing. And, but um, in Got the it. last more recent years, they have uh, put a full-day flower track on Saturday. Wow. And so that's always Cool. Always a lot of fun to go to and a lot of information on that, too. And, and It looks like maybe it is extension. I'm uh-huh. seeing um, on the back of the flyer. Okay. It looks like Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, I think, do this together. Got it. All um, right. We'll get, we'll, every year. we'll get that information out, too. And, okay. But, but what, I, what I hear hear you say, and I, I really applaud you for thinking through this, is there is a, a lot available on flower farming. Uh, all across the country, but there isn't a lot available on how to sell to florists. And so for mm-hmm. pulling the florist in and the farmer florist, you're creating an opportunity for uh, true business-to-business uh, relationships happening. And yeah. even even if it's not right there that day, it's going to mm-hmm. equip people. So can we talk yeah. about, do you have the program in front of you? I do. Okay. Yep, I've got it up on my computer here. Well, so you're kicking off the day with two models for designing and selling bouquets at your local mm-hmm. farmer's market. And you're going to speak along with um, Jennifer and Adam O'Neill from Pepper Harrow Farm. So uh-huh. that right there is worth the price of admission to hear from two farmers who have yeah, a lot of experience. There are a couple of different models um, of how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did farmer's market sales for many, many years um, doing flowers and... Um, they've done it for, I don't know exactly how many years. They're a little newer to it, but getting started on it. And we do it a little bit differently, how we do it. And we're not setting this up as the right way or wrong way. It's just, here's a couple of options, you know, right. of, of what worked for us and why it worked for us. And, you know, how do you decide what would work for you best? Right. And, and that, it seems and honestly, like... I think... Go ahead. I think for a new grower that the market model is, just an awesome way to do it. That's how we started. And I think it's, it's just really, um, it's an easy way to jump into it, I think, because, you know, you can just sell whatever you have. There's no pressure to have a certain product at a certain date or anything like that. It's just like, well, this is what I grew this, you know, what looks good this week and I can take this. So I think it's a really good, a good way for a beginning farmers to right. start in the market. Yeah. I was actually going to say the same thing that you just mentioned that, that my observation is that this is a way to incubate a, a new business or a, if you're changing, say from vegetables to flowers. Yeah. And so it's sort yeah. of a sit, you're going to just by sharing your story and your approach and having two different models for people to consider it, I think it's going mm-hmm. to assure, reassure people like, Hey, there's no, ri- there's low risk in, in starting yeah. out as a market flower farmer. There is really. Yeah. And then you're going to go on in the next presentation, the ins and outs of selling to florists and designers. And I love what mm-hmm. the program says. Jamie will help calm your fears and give you the <laughs> courage <laughs> to dive in and do well, it. <laughs> because I remember the first time I went to a florist, I was terrified. <laughs> you know, we started out selling at market and then we actually, um, I did weddings for several years and um, then I jumped into selling to florists and we, we crossed over three or four years that we did both market and florists. Oh my and gosh. so it, it allowed me to kind of dip my toe in gradually and get started. But, you know, it took me, I, I think I considered selling to florists for a year or two before I actually did it. Mm. Um, I did have one local florist who I knew previously and she encouraged me and I started selling a little bit to her right at first, you know, to kind of, get myself used to it. But I can remember being totally terrified. And one of my girls told me very wisely one day, she said, Mom, what is the very worst thing that could happen to you? And I said, well, they might say no and hurt my feelings. She said, well, that's the worst thing that could happen. I said, well, I guess that's not that bad, is it? So, you raised you raise um, these children well. They're giving you good advice. <laughs> they're giving me good advice. So I just decided I better take her advice and go and do it. Yeah. And it, 
yeah, you know, it really wasn't as bad as I had convinced myself that it would be. Well, so, and we think we've, you know, come up with some great ways of doing it. I've got a great bunch of florists and designers that I work with that have really made it easy for me. Oh, good. So. Oh, good. And I want to ask you a little bit more about Harvest Home before we end up the, uh-huh. the um, this show. So let's just hold that for a little bit. Um, okay. I see that Pepper Harrow is also treat us. Uh, presenting alternative revenue streams for cut flower uh-huh. farms. And I'm mm-hmm. only guessing that that has something to do with some of their workshops and um, yeah. events. And I, yeah. I'm seeing that happen all across the country. So I, that's They've experimented with several different things, I think. And so I thought they would be a good one to, to share some things that they've done. That Because we, we do have some people coming, I know, to this conference who some of them don't even own a farm yet. Um, mm. They're just growing in a backyard, and this is their dream. And, and really, what better time to get this kind of information mm. than before you go and purchase something? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it can give you an idea of, you know, we didn't have that luxury. <laughs> Unfortunately, ours just kind of grew each year, and there was no floor planning on our on our part, but I just think, you know, some of this stuff would be great for people to have ideas ahead of time. Wow. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And that's the kind of the more of the business strategy that um, Mm -hmm. is so useful because I don't know, I, I think a lot of us who are creative come at uh, a floral related business as a passion rather than a well thought out business plan, (laughs) at least speaking for myself. (laughs) And you're speaking for me too there. (laughs) We had um, no plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of plans, uh, your lunch speaker is Judy Lauschman of, of the Association of Specialty Cut mm-hmm. Flower Growers. And that's exciting. We kind of had, had to squeeze her in there. Um, she offered to come and I'm like, yes, but my schedule was really full. So we're going to kind of squeeze her in at lunchtime. And um, yeah, I was very excited that she could come and do wow, that. Wow, that's great. And then that will be kind of um, a chance for people to kind of do a Q&A almost um, and get... Yeah. Yeah, and they can learn about the association and what all that entails. And. That's great. That's uh, I think especially at this time of year where people are kind of kicking off the year, thinking about even what they're going to plant mm-hmm. um, and maybe how they're going to, um, you know, commit to different things like going to a national conference. It's sort of a nice time to, to get at the beginning of the year. I yeah. don't know. I think a lot of us try to reboot in January, so it, the timing yeah, is Yeah, it's is a good perfect. time to do it, especially so, when we're sitting in a deep freeze like we are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess that's the only time people can uh, break away from the farm to come to a, an event or uh, uh, commit to an all-day. Maybe... For the most time. Yeah. For the most part, yes. Yeah. yeah. So your afternoon, it looks like you've got some um, great topics. And the way we laid this out was because I am trying to appeal to florists too, um, not just the farmer. We lay, and I know that at least my local florists, a lot of them have to run their shop, in, oh. you know, even on a Saturday. And so we set this up. The tickets, um, I'll mention this, the tickets are actually two different tickets. You can oh. buy a farmer ticket, which is for the full day, or a florist ticket, which is for the second half. Both of them include the lunch um, that we're having catered in. But so I wanted the afternoon to appeal to florists also, and then that is our time that the farmers and florists can, you know, collaborate and talk together and get to know each other. Oh, I too. see. That oh. Jamie, that's amazing, and that's really fairly, very fairly priced too. It with a forty-five dollar all-day ticket and a twenty-five dollar afternoon ticket. Yeah. Well, we wanted. We really, you know, this is the first year we've charged for it, but we came to the realization that we were going to have to charge a little something um, yeah. to cover the expenses, and we thought this way we could do a nice meal with it. Um, and like I say, a lot of my florists just can't get away for a full day, so I thought, well, maybe mm. if they can get things done in the morning, they could get away for the afternoon mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And, and um, that's why in the afternoon you've got social media tips and sourcing mm-hmm. local flowers from Mercedes Ivorner uh, uh-huh. of Honeysuckle Ivener, Hollow. that's with Honeysuckle Hollow, yeah. yeah. And then I love this term. I've never seen it before, farm to arm. Did you make yes, that well, up? Natalie's, <laughs> Natalie's quite creative. She made that up herself, my speaker, <laughs> Natalie Ellsbury of iBloom. She's one of my designers in Lincoln. And um, I told her she could come up with a catchy title. <laughs> Very she catchy. Does great, she does great wedding work. And we just thought it'd be fun to have a live uh, demonstration. And of, she's a florist. Uh, I think she's going to do a bridal bouquet. Okay, great. And just, she's going to talk about how local flowers have helped her grow her business, which is yes. wonderful. Yes, because she's very committed to using local also. And it's just always 
searching for anybody she can buy from that's growing around wow. here. Wow. And she'll, um, I think in a way that will inspire other florists to attend, um, mm-hmm. maybe to see about a missed opportunity that they, they could reposition yeah. themselves. And, and then they, um, Jennifer and Adam from Pepper Harrow are going to um, do uh, give a floral trends and mm-hmm. forecast for 2018, which I can imagine everybody wants to hear about. So yeah, that's... we did that last year, and I think that went over well. Um, it's just always nice to see what's coming down the pike. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. And we're fortunate here in Nebraska, and that we're a little behind. Usually, you know, it takes a while for things to get here from the coast, so mm-hmm. we can see things coming a little further <laughs> off. <laughs> Maybe some people come, which is really good for a grower because, you know, you can't just totally change directions, you know, every year. It's exactly. Kind of We've been all asking about what's the next, uh, you know, iteration of the Cafe Olay blush trend for years. Yes. And we yes. still we still aren't resolved on that one. So <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, so how many people roughly do you expect? You said you had 30 last year. That's pretty exciting. I'm I'm having a hard time judging that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because I know a lot of people wait until the last minute to decide mm-hmm. if they're going. Mm-hmm. So our venue, I think, can hold 70 at the most, great. Um, 60 to 70. Okay, so great. That's that's what our limit would be. Well, good. And this is the time to hear about it because it's in, in three weeks. So um, yep. I will have the link to the registration page and also the uh, Facebook page so that if you're just hearing about this now and you happen to think you can make the drive, um, you know, you can get in touch with, mm-hmm. with um, Jamie if you have any questions. But it's pretty straightforward yeah. the way you have it set up here. And Yeah, if anybody has any problems with getting tickets or, you know, getting online, whatever, they can just contact me and I'll take care of it. That's great. That's great. And so you're going to have a networking and door prize kind of component yeah, at the end of the day. We're- I kind of tagged on at the end. I'm hoping we'll have time for this to happen. I know I've had some growers that just have, you know, they have lots of very specific little questions Mm. that I try to answer whenever I can, you know, growing questions or whatever. But I thought, well, if we have time at the end, we'll just, anybody who wants to join in on that, they can gather together and um, just, you know, kind of discuss things, whatever questions people have. Right, right. Oh, that's wonderful. And the florist, the florist will probably be doing the same thing at a different table. <laughs> they could do that, that's for sure. <laughs> wow. So your relationship with uh, your customers, uh, and it seems like you're really deeply involved in the floral community in Lincoln and Omaha, that's really kind of defined your business. And I want to just walk back a little bit and talk about how you did transition in your farm harvest home mm-hmm. was harvest home originally a um a vegetable farm it was we started um it, it's going to be about more like 22 years now i uh-huh. think it is we started and i always tell people it was just a happy little accident basically <laughs> um we we always gardened my husband as as we were raising little kids my husband always had a big garden and we always had more than what we could use and so he would was we were constantly giving vegetables away and at some point I think when you know the grocery bill kept getting higher with more children and and we were like maybe we could sell this and we were living in a little town north of here and there was just a little midweek market and so he would um, it was an afternoon market he'd come home from work and gather up what extra produce we had and take it to the little market and I baked cinnamon rolls and potato rolls and wow. um, we would go set up our one little table. I think there were maybe four or five vendors as well. Oh my goodness! Wow. And, um, you know, we would sell, and that was that was our beginning. And we just kind of fell in love with it. So we were living at a rented place then, and so we started looking for a little place that um, we could call home and and expand. And it just it it just grew very organically and and slowly. And as the kids got older and could help more, you know, we would plant more and would till up another area, you know, each year if we wanted to get bigger. And from the very beginning when we started doing the market in Lincoln, I saw other flower vendors there that, you know, it was their full-time business, a Mm -hmm. flower vendor. And I just was always very intrigued by it. And we had a beautiful yard that had, you know, when we moved here, I had some perennials and stuff in it. And so I I have a little bit of a floral background. I'd worked in a couple of flower shops years ago. And so I would just put together a few bouquets and take them to market. You know, I'd, the first year I found my records the other day, we sold $350 worth of flowers for the wow. whole summer. And this was and just from your garden, was, almost from your garden without like specifically 
planting right. for it. Wow. Planted specifically uh-huh. for it was more just stuff that was in the landscape or that I planted around the house oh, or how something. Cool. You know, it was it was a very meager offering <laughs> that way, but that's what got me. And then each year, you know, we we put up a high tunnel one year, and so that we could season, you know, have season extension for the vegetables. And then I started putting flowers in it, and um, I finally got to where I filled it with flowers. So then we put up another high tunnel so we could have one for vegetables and one for flowers. And then I filled that one with flowers, <laughs> and and then finally at some point we we're just like, you know, let's just quit doing the vegetables and. We ended up going to two booths at market. We had one for flowers and one for vegetables, and then um, pretty soon both booths were full of flowers. And we just, towards the end, when we quit doing 2016 was the last year that, um, no, 2015 was the last year that we did market. Mm-hmm. And we we only had flowers, mm-hmm. and we just mm-hmm. completely, you know, we felt like there were a lot of other people around here growing vegetables. Mm-hmm. And oh, there really sure. weren't that many people doing flowers. Um, some of the vendors that were there when we very first started were no longer growing flowers. And so we felt like it was just a good opportunity for us um, right. to jump in and kind of take their place. You know, And each year we just did more and more and just kept getting a larger and larger following. And um, we quit doing market then just because our kids were all growing up and they were a huge help for that. You know, sure. they were our main labor force. <laughs> How old are your kids now? Well, we've got them strung out quite a ways. <laughs> our youngest one is almost 14 here at home. Uh-huh. Um, I have two stepsons who are older. Uh, my kids range from 14 to 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five in mm-hmm. that age range mm-hmm. and then the two older boys. So, um, so yeah, our last ones are, you know, growing up and right. leaving home and we've right. got grandkids now and it was kind of nice to be able to be able to go somewhere on a Saturday and do <laughs> something other than a market. And, so and it, we just kind of decided to simplify. And it's not, it's not that we're really doing less. People are like, oh, is it so much easier now? Are you, you know, are you working less? And I'm like, well, not really. But I think the focus, instead of trying to do so many different things, um, being able to just focus on one thing. Well, been, yeah. Yeah. And so that fun, that thing is really wholesale sales to florists. Is, is. that primarily that is, what Harvest Home is doing now? That's pretty much all we do. I do have a little, I still got my little succulent side business. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of succulent plants, but some of some of that is for my florists too. They use a lot of those. And so, um, and then I sell some wholesale, like to brides and mm-hmm. what have you. Oh, like locally, a but d- DIY brides. Otherwise, otherwise, we're doing flower shops and designers. That's 90 Ninety-five percent of our business right now, and the two and the two cities, Omaha and Lincoln, uh-huh. just clue me in on the geography. Like, what is the radius of that? Are you driving a lot? Well, or? if I drive my full route, which I usually do on a Thursday, I actually go up to Fremont, which is north of me, and then over to Omaha, and then back. In the last couple of years, I've had to stop back at the farm because I can't get everything on my van. <laughs> you need a bigger um, van. <laughs> and I stop back at the farm, and then I loop through Lincoln, which the whole route is like 180 miles wow. for me. Wow. So it makes a really long day on Tuesdays. <laughs> It, and then I, I generally, well, this last year, pretty much every week, I make another route through Lincoln on Thursdays. Okay. Um, because I have some designers there that all they do is weddings, and sure. that's really when they want their flowers is sure. on Thursday. Oh, so the retail florists maybe are happy with the Tuesday delivery, and then the studio mm-hmm. and event florists are wanting a later in the week delivery. Yeah, and my Omaha route would love it if I do Thursdays, too. Um, I just, at this point, don't have enough manpower or time mm-hmm. to you know, make two full routes every week. Yeah, you'd almost... That's work. Yeah, because that means you're harvesting Monday, delivering Tuesday, harvesting, harvesting Wednesday, Wednesday, delivering Thursday. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so are you... Um, how are you getting orders? Like, are you only doing special orders or pre-orders, or do you send out an availability? What, what's, how do you communicate with the floor? I do an availability. Uh-huh. Um, every Sunday, sometimes it's really late when it gets out, but Sunday evening I send out a list um, of what we have available that week, uh, what we're cutting. I don't put exact quantities on there because that's hard for me to really guess. You know, I can't look at a patch and say, well, I'm going to have 20 bunches. Right, but right. But you can kind of know that you've got a lot of one of yeah, and, you know, or if something. There, if there's very little, I just don't even put it on the availability list because then what I do, um, they're welcome to order from that. And a lot of them do, but I have some that never order. They just wait for me to show up. They know I'll be there on Tuesday 
because then I put extras, you know, things that I maybe don't have very much of or that I didn't get orders sure. for all of it. I just put everything on the van. A typical, probably on average, half my van load is sold and half of it is unsold. That's maybe kind of an average. Mm-hmm. Um, it can vary a little bit, but I just then start my route on Tuesdays and stop at all the shops. And like I say, some of them never place an order. They just come out and they just love to buy whatever, you know, catches their eye that week. The event designers. Yeah. are more likely to order, you know, and they need very specific things. Mm-hmm. The, but there is know, even that, event. there even, even that event designer, I, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, that there isn't even that kind of last minute, I want to just see oh, yeah. what little goodies and special things that yep. Jamie has that I can pick from, right? Yeah, even if they've placed an order, they pretty much always buy some more because mm-hmm. what floors can resist? <laughs> I always yeah. say it's my little flower market on wheels, you know, because... <laughs> yeah. Here in, here in the Midwest, that's a real treat. You know, if you are on the east or west coast, it's pretty much expected that you just can go to a market and pick up your flowers several times a week. But here in the Midwest, you know, our flowers come in a box. Right. <laughs> They're so, not, you know, they don't have that luxury of being able to just go and pick things out like that. So, so, so are there, is there, are there like wholesale flower uh, warehouses in those cities? We do. We have one in Lincoln. Um, we just have one in Lincoln now, and then mm-hmm. there's some in Omaha, too. Mm-hmm. So they're, but, not, you know, they're not inclined to buy local from farmers or just hasn't happened? Um, not that they're not inclined. There's just not enough available, I don't okay. think. Yeah. Um, we worked with the one here in Lincoln years ago, and uh, when he started, he was very much wanting to buy local product, but there just wasn't hardly any. And honestly, for me, the size that we are, you know, we're a pretty small farm here. We're still only growing on like an acre and a half to two acres, wow. you know. And so for me to sell, you know, one more step down at that price point, I just I haven't been able to make that profitable. Right. So scale that we're growing. So for you to sell direct to the florist is, is way you're getting better margins than selling yeah. through a wholesaler. I understand that. Yeah. Are there better. are there other florists? Oh, excuse me, are there farmers in the region like you doing something similar? Or are you kind of the only reliable well, large source? There's some just getting started, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know there's some up, uh, a gal up in Columbus that she's um, starting to deliver some to florists. And, and that's kind of what this whole workshop meeting is to kind of encourage those that are getting started. But I, I would say, you know, in the Lincoln and Omaha area, um, there hasn't really been anybody doing like a regular delivery route right, like this. Right. Well, somebody I, told me there was years ago, but I'm not yeah. sure who that was. Yeah, but you really will be. You are a model that hopefully will encourage other people to think about changing. You know, their yeah. their. Um, I'm hoping so. Yeah, like even their their aspirations. Like you can do this. It's not. Yeah, and I know some people are a little concerned that start at a market because, and I felt this way for years because I felt like, okay, I'm getting full retail price here mm. at the farmer's mm-hmm. market. And mm-hmm. can I sell the florist and still make enough money to make it worthwhile? Because obviously, you know, you feel like you have to sell a little bit less, but um, that really hasn't worked out for me to be a problem. Um, we kind of thought when we quit doing market, because honestly, when we were doing farmer's market and the florist, our last year of market, our market was about 75% of our business, wow. 70%, something like that. And the florist end of it was only about 30%. So when we quit market, I was a little concerned that I was cutting off, you know, 70% of my business. Um, and the first year was kind of a learning um, in 2016 to figure out, you know, what I was doing. But last year, 2017, our gross income equaled what our last year at market was. So it, wow. you know, it only took us that year to get back up to where we had been. As <laughs> and, far you, as, and you got your weekends back. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm, pretty, I'm usually out in the garden working, but yeah. you know, at least it's flexible. <laughs> so I can choose. <laughs> yeah. So what is your season? Um, I, Cause you say you have high tunnels. So what is the earliest mm-hmm. crop that you're able to pull out of your farm? Well, I don't usually start up my delivery route, my full route until June. However, okay. I do have a few things like in April and May. Um, that I will, you know, that I'm selling. Um, I just don't really start driving the regular route until the 1st of June before I have a lot. But, you know, we've got some things early. We're just, we're learning how to grow um, ranunculus. 
Hopefully I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been terribly successful yet. Because the, so, de- the, you know, the demand will be there once you the, oh, let yeah, people know. Oh, yeah, the demand is there. And, you know, there's some perennial stuff that mm-hmm. I have in my yard, mm-hmm. you know, that we do. Solomon Seal, Lily of the Valley, Hostas, uh, Snowball Viburnum, uh, Clematis Vine. We sell a ton of those vines. And just, you know, some things that are around my yard. So I'm selling a little bit early. Um, Baptizia is really popular. And I don't have heated growing space. We don't heat our tunnels at all. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it extends our season a bit, but it's not, it's not like I'm really trying to, you know, grow into the winter at all. Year round, right. And then, yeah, well, it's, you know, the, the fuel cost here, I think would be so prohibitive for me. Right. And honestly, you know, with, with homeschool their kids. And so I've, I've had my work cut out for me over the winter anyway. I didn't oh really gosh. want to add another job <laughs> to myself over right, the winter. Right, because you were um, already you were already doing two or three jobs anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, we, wow. just, we just kind of changed gears yeah. when it, you know, when fall hits. And then we delivered, it kind of depends on the year. Um, I've delivered as late as Thanksgiving before, mm-hmm. into November almost, mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks into November. Sure. But typically by the end of October, we're pretty well mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. Uh, with the route. Wow. So, it works That's out. cool. Well, what are you excited about in the in the coming year? Are, do you do design work yourself, or um, are you? I don't like- very much anymore. Like I say, I did. I used to do weddings, mm-hmm. and then I I think when I started doing florists, not only did I find out that I can't be in three places at once, imagine <laughs> right. that. But I also felt like I was delivering to these great designers who were doing such awesome wedding work, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to send customers to them, anybody that's interested in weddings. Mm -hmm. And I was doing weddings when I was still doing Farmer's Market, which was really difficult because they all happen on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And so, um, and I know a lot of farms do it, but I didn't really have the staff to do that. And so I was kind of driving myself crazy. So I just decided it would be in my best interest and my client's best interest to just send all that wedding work to them and I will sell them the flowers to do the, the weddings. And it took a lot of stress off of me. So I don't really do much designing anymore. My daughter's getting married this spring. So I get to, yeah, you'll be busy with that. Open up my skills again, but um, otherwise I don't, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I think that's one model that um, is really um, common and for, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, widespread. um, And then they're, uh, it'll, it's nice that you're going to have uh, Adam and Jennifer from Pepper Harrow because they mm-hmm. they have sort of a slightly different model in that they are pursuing wedding business. So they're it, doing more of the retail end. Yeah, I would say. yeah, yeah. So it's great. It's, and, and you'll have other farmers in attendance at the workshop who probably are deep into the DIY brides, and it'll just be nice yeah. to show you know how many ways we can get flowers into the hands of consumers, yeah, which is the there's goal. There's lots of ways to do it, and not not necessarily right or wrong. I see a lot of new growers coming in and sharing on Facebook and stuff, and they're wanting to know, well, how should I do this? You know, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. Every farm is different. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody has to, you know, there's a learning process. You have to figure out what's best for your, and, you know, your family is different. Mm -hmm. Sure. You have to decide what works best for your farm and your family and your schedule and um, learning to fit, you know, it's been a learning process for me, but trying to learn to fit my farm and my business around my personal life. Um, as opposed to the other way around. As, as opposed to the yeah. other way, yeah. Because <laughs> well, it can own you when yeah. you own your own business. It can uh, really own you. <laughs> well, and it's not like you're a newbie. You guys have done this. I didn't even ask you your husband's first name. Norman. Norman. And so he, yeah. is he, yep. uh, he sounds like he worked off farm originally. He has always, he's always worked off farm. Okay. Um, we just decided years ago, he actually had one opportunity where, where he was working that shut down and he had to go back to school. Um, and at, at that time, we had the opportunity to, to decide, do we want to make this our sole income, you know, this? And we kind of decided no. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were afraid that the stress of that might just do us in. So <laughs> he has always worked off farm, but he's also always worked full time on the farm. So right. we just don't let him sleep very much in the summer. I don't think he, I don't think either of you sleep much. It's impressive. <laughs> but he works nights off oh. farm. He's he's in the medical field now, so he works three twelve hour shifts at night. Um, ah. And so then. 
How handy is that? <laughs> sleeps a little bit and then goes back out and works in the garden until it's time to go back to the night shift job. Well, so. wow, that's inspiring. I admire both of you. And uh, I guess I want to kind of end by asking you, well, first of all, is there anything else you didn't, I didn't ask you that you want to include in our conversation? Oh, I think we've covered most of okay. it. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to share this with with the greater um listenership of the podcast because yeah. I hopefully will reach some people who who didn't know about the workshop although you've been yeah, that'd great, be great you've been great at promoting it um you mentioned about the trends and how the midwest is a little bit um behind maybe the east coast or the west coast mm-hmm. which you know at least you're selling into cities and so you're uh-huh. I guess I'm curious about your designers and what they're telling you about consumer demand for local flowers. Is that something you've seen change in the Omaha Lincoln area or maybe even in the larger Midwest uh, per se since you started? Um, What's the sentiment out there and what are you hearing? I I think I see it more in the, um, in the wedding end of it, brides. And I don't know if that's just maybe an age demographic has something to do with that. If they're more concerned about that, because I do actually have, you know, when I was doing weddings and some now people specifically, you know, they'd like to have locally grown flowers for mm-hmm. their wedding. Like I having Nebraska yet. flowers. That, I mean, that's really special. If you have yeah. a ne- Nebraska wedding, have Nebraska food and Nebraska oh, yeah. flowers. And I, I'm not sure I'm seeing it as much just in the daily, mm-hmm. you know, like daily orders that a florist does. Um, I think my customers, my florists, it's more they're just excited to have something that is fresh and different because because a lot of our flowers, most of them, come to the Midwest in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things that, you know, putting them in a box just doesn't do anything for right, them. Right, right. And you're, um, delivering, you're, you're delivering everything in buckets of water probably. I do. We yeah. cut into water. We process it into fresh water. It's delivered in water. And that's a real selling point for to me, you know, yeah. to my florists, I tell them, I say, all you have to do is take this and put it in your bucket. You don't, there's no, they don't have to strip leaves. They don't have to reprocess or anything. Wow. And wow. so I think it's just the things that um, they can't get, you know, that they're not able to get in good shape. Right. Right. You know, that they're, you know, dahlias is something that I, I mentioned because, yeah. you know, if you ship dahlias across the country in a box, they're really hardly worth using by <laughs> the time you get them. Absolutely. And, you know, and so we try to focus on flowers that um, zinnias are one of our biggest sellers, you know, just, and, you know, we can grow zinnias like crazy here in Nebraska. Yeah. And, yeah. but they don't ship well. Right. You know. Right. They don't um, like to be refrigerated really, don't do they? No, not really. Not a cold, not mm-hmm. a cold cooler. And huh. so... You know, we we try to focus a lot on flowers that they just can't get in That's good shape. That's cool. That's wonderful. Know? Well, I'm inspired. I I wish you a lot of luck at this event. I'm going to send you. you. I'm got my I've got my my shipping label with your name and address on it right here. I've got to send you a care package to awesome. to share with people who attend, and and um, I hope that it's really successful. And we'll I guess we'll be able to follow along because you you'll probably be posting on that Facebook page. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And like so, I say, that, that Facebook page is set up as a private page, but um, anybody can join it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to mm-hmm. request to join it. Mm-hmm. That's no problem. Yeah. Well, look out. This thing could blow up and you could have your own. <laughs> well, that would be great. <laughs> I, would love to, I would love to fill our, our little venue there. That would, be, that would be really nice. Oh, it's inspiring. Well, uh, Jamie, thank you so much for getting on the line with me. It's, it's just really great to hear a little bit more about what's happening in your world. And I know it's going to... Um, get people thinking about possibilities of, uh, you know, especially if they're in your region of what the opportunities are for farmers and florists. So I'm excited to hear about that. So happy new year. Well, same to you, Deborah. Okay, we'll talk soon. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll have, um, I'll get some, maybe I can follow up with you afterwards and get some photos of you from your farm and your flowers to share uh, so people can find you and follow you. And we'll put that on the show notes at DebraPrincing.com. So that would be great. Okay, take care. All right, thanks, Deborah. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 269,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. 
As the Slow Flowers movement gains more supporters and passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at deborahprinzing.com in the right column. Thank you to our sponsors who have supported the Slow Flowers programming, all of our programs, including this podcast, American Flowers Week, the slowflowers.com online directory to American Grown Flowers, as well as our new channels, Slow Flowers Journal and the 2018 Slow Flowers Summit. Those sponsors are Certified American Grown Flowers, the Certified American Grown Program and Label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit AmericanGrownFlowers.org. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high-quality American-grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at ArcticAlaskaPeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfieldgardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnny'sseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com. Music.